Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. And I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Elizabeth Solaru. Elizabeth, you are a coach uh, and you serve a very interesting niche. This is going to be a lot of fun uh, because you work with ultra high net worth individuals. You are also have been the managing director of Elizabeth's Cake Emporium for over 16 years. And that longevity has allowed you to work with... Uh, Many, many ultra high net worth individuals, royal families, in a world of, I like your language here, in a world of discretion, confidentiality, press embargoes, and non-disclosure agreements. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to speaking with you today. In your work uh, in coaching, is is the idea then that you're working with um business professionals that want to do more work in kind of that world of the ultra high net worth individual? Absolutely. Um, they're usually looking for two things. They're looking to, because the question I get asked all the time is, how do I find rich clients or how do I find high-end clients? So in that question, I believe they're asking the wrong question. I believe they should be asking what is the most value I can provide a high net worth client? Mm. Because when you flip it that way, you begin to realize that maybe there are certain things about yourself and your product that you need to get right first, and then you will attract these people. Um, so that's what I do. I help people do two things. I look at their businesses. I see what they could do better but not in a generic way, what they can do better to attract a specific type of high-end client. Because I've looked through my email list and I did, because, you know, I'll tell you about my background later, but I have both a scientific brain because I used to be a scientist and I have an artistic brain as well. But I find that many people go into business thinking, I want to sell to high-end clients, and that's great. However, there are different types of high-end clients, and I've mapped them out, and there are seven different luxury-type clients. Yeah, well, do tell. Um, so, you know, and what's I, I think what you're saying here, and this is very, very important, is um, that if, it, you know, whatever marketing methods you're learning about, um, you know, sliding into DMs and just, you know, kind of very traditional marketing, and you could just have an ugly, you know, salesy lead capture website, that's not enough today. Um, so when we think about working with a very um, 
you know, someone, if you're, if you're, let's say you're working because you're not necessarily going to work with directly with the person. And chances are you're not until you maybe a couple of conversations and you're going to be working with a handler, a director, a, a manager. Um, and their job is to, well, can, can I have you explain yeah, generally right. how yeah. engagement how works, typically right. works? Yeah. Okay. But, but so, I guess my point is they're going to vet you. That's their job. Oh, and, and I'm sorry, I got to be quiet. Here, I'll let you. No, no, that's all right. I would say yes for the most part. Having yes. said that, we tend to forget that um, high net worth people are also on social media. They, um, some of them have a tendency to have more gatekeepers than others. So some will have gatekeepers. So the handlers that you describe, they're what I call the gatekeepers. Yes. And the gatekeepers can be anything from the driver the security guard, the bodyguard, the, the a family office, um, it could be a close friend. So there will be some degree of vetting. But sometimes, just like anybody else, if they love what you do on social media, they might slide into your DM for a change. So it does work both ways. So it's not necessarily you sliding into somebody's DM, they could slide into your DM. However, if they like what they see, they, uh, you, they make the approach. The problem is, how do you respond without you getting overly excited, giving too much away? Um, you can give enough of the produce away, but don't give the farm away. It's how you handle that. Because at the end of the day, some of them, not all of them, but I would say majority want to be treated normal. They don't want to, to be seen as a cash cow. So this is my cash cow. Oh, my God. You know, don't get overly excited. At that stage, it's an inquiry. But make sure you've lined up your processes so that if you're speaking with their handler, you yeah. give them enough information so that they can give that to the principal and then they can come back to you. So that's how it usually happens. And I'm in a relatively... Um, I would say good position because I tend to, I met most of my clients when they were trying, maybe getting married, maybe a birthday, maybe through a wedding planner, maybe through an event planner, or some, or some of them just find my work online and literally track me down. But my point is, regardless, even if you feel you want to make an approach, there is a way to make an approach without looking like a groupie. So that's some of the things I talk about um, in, in, in when I'm coaching or when I speak on stages, because I've done quite a number of luxury conferences, breaking down the different luxury client types to organizations. Yeah. Um, well, that's, and, and that doesn't happen overnight because I, I would imagine, you know, your authority and your reputation is pretty important. What are things that we could start doing today to improve our perceived, you know, that, that we would be a good fit for that clientele? Okay. So it depends on which clientele you want to serve. So let me give an example. So you've got two, two examples that are categories. So one I would call the comfort first or the safety first. So to them, money is not an issue. They're the ones that value discretion. They're the ones that value, um, you know, no, you know, NDAs and no press embargoes, that sort of thing. 
um, you know, reputation management, et cetera, that's them. Then you have another set of clients. So let's call them the simply the best. So they want everyone to know that they've spent a lot of money on X, Y, Z. And how do you know the difference between the two? If you go on social media, and this is a massive tip, if you go on social media, your simply the best will show off their latest purchases. So be it a house, be it a car, uh, where they holiday, where they, whatever it is, where they yacht, where they summer, where they winter, they will show it off on social media because they want everyone to know. Now, the thing is, um, people might um, have a stereotype of them and say, oh my God, you know, that no, that stereotype is actually a stereotype. Then you have the other client who their social media, a massive tip is that their social media, say their Instagram will be set to private. That's the first clue. It will be set to private, uh, but there is a way to get to them. If you then look at the other people that Instagram recommend to you, some of them will be their friends. So you follow them. Also, when they buy stuff, say they buy stuff from a designer um, or they comment on a designer's post or something, the designer will go out of their way to thank them. So you need to look at whoever, you know, this designer or car person or whatever it is, who are they thanking on their post? So you then, that's how you begin to know, okay, this person values discretion, um, is not very loud on social media, and some of them may actually not use their real names on social media. And for some reason, I have a knack of finding these people on social media because that's my wheelhouse, the, the safety first or the comfort first, because for them, it's all about what makes them feel safe. So for them, a key word is trust. Use the word trust in your marketing. Use the word integrity in your marketing. Not necessarily honesty, because everyone claims to be honest. <laughs> you can use the word trust, discretion, um, integrity. Those are nice words to use. With the other client type who are simply the best, very easy. Just use the word best this, best that. I won this prize. I've got all this social proof. These are my awards. This is who I've served because they want to know who else in their network ha have you served. However, even with the simply the best, do not run your mouth. So don't um, <laughs> don't give personal info. Um, do you know the ex? You know they might ask you. Do you know the? Do you know Josh? You know? Do you know the allergies? Yes, I know the allergies of 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 Florida and keep it. Just keep it like that. Don't tell, don't tell them what you know what you've done for Josh. Don't tell them, you know, do not even do that. So those are the two differences. Um, but then I go into a lot more detail, obviously, with you know my my upcoming book, etc. And I actually break down um some of the simply the best because there are about seven different types. And I break down um, the comfort first as well. There are about seven types of those. And the ones that will get you your next client, because that's the most important yeah. thing. You need to network with the ones who are generous enough to get you your next client, because that's how I got my lucky break. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. So it, it, your your reputation, your your network uh, is. I would imagine is going to be really, really critical. Um, and Elizabeth, talk about, share more about how you work. Like, who do you typically serve now as a coach? Um, like, what types of business services are they providing? Um, and feel free to go through as many different types of personas that uh, should be, we should get their ears to perk up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I tend to serve people who want to um, get high-end clients Having said that, if we look at the service industry, for example, um, the person could be a creative. Um, you could be, I don't know, um, say uh, a photographer. You could be a builder, a designer. You could be a maker because I tend to attract a lot of creatives because I was a creative myself. I've worked with artists who want to position their art in front of people. I've worked with hotels. I've worked with... Um, People who, there's, there's a lady, she's got a directory listing and she wanted a certain type of person on the directory. So I've worked with, a, with both service and product-based um, entrepreneurs. But having said that, the first thing we need to start with is, uh, is your product any good? That's the basis. Um, it doesn't have to be the best in the market, um, funnily enough. It just has to be the best known in that particular circle, mm. because best known will always beat best. So, and I find that a lot of um, entrepreneurs are sometimes too much in love with their product. So they think I've got to perfect it, I've got to perfect it. No, you don't have to perfect it, but it has to pass a certain test. So it has to be more than functional. The service around it has got to be a luxury type service. Um, even the basic things like your tech has got to work. So once you once we've gone through that checklist, then we be, we can begin to start to position you to attract those high end clients. So it, it's about your product as much as it is about the marketing, the branding, the 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 outreach, um, your reputation. It just it, you know we 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 have a look at the whole thing holistically. And then we begin to say, okay, for your type of luxury business, because there are different types of luxury businesses, for your type of business, this is the right type of client for you. And then we can match make. And that came from my, because um, very early in my career, I used to be a scientist. I was a microbiologist and I worked um, for several years as a scientist. And then I did an MBA, went to work in the city, as a headhunter, and as a headhunter, my job is to matchmake. So all I'm doing is finding the right client and the right candidate, and I'm putting them together. And I that's the approach that I take to when I'm coaching a business as well. So it's not just about you um, getting a high-end client. They've got to be right for you, and they've got to bring cash into your business as well. Because there is a certain high-end client that will not pay <laughs> there is and there's a certain type of client that it's easier for you to get your payment from so those are some of the things that wow. I teach yeah that and that happens uh, <laughs> <does>. so, yeah 
Yeah. Is it, is it because the, um, can you talk maybe about um, kind of, is it impossible standards? Is it, um, we just need to, if we're going to serve this clientele, we just have to just be absolutely meticulous in, in how we deliver, um, you know, is yeah. it, <laughs> oh, yeah. overall, yeah. There, there's, there's definitely um, some pros to this. We've talked about, you know, some of the considerations, um, but I would say the upside is, you know, when you do have a payday, I would hope that the profit would be okay. <laughs> Oh, oh, absolutely. And, you know, these are not easy clients to serve. So if someone's looking, having said that, you know, I know they're not easy to serve, but sometimes um, the ones who pay you the most are actually the easiest to deal with because oh. the higher the pay, the more they pay, the more they trust that you are the expert and they leave you alone. And they're not bugging you every five minutes because what they paid you in relation to their wealth is not that much. Having said that, there's a certain type of client, if they pay you a, a huge amount, because relative to their wealth, it's a massive amount, they're going to be bugging you every five minutes. So there's a, you know, so there's that type. But um, back to your earlier um, question, which was around, um, uh, sorry, what was it? What was it again? I think the question was around. Well, yeah, just the level. Um, you know, if you're going to serve this clientele too, yes, like you, uh-huh. you better be pretty, pretty good yeah. at managing the details. <laughs> yes, um, absolutely. So, to give you, an, I wanted to actually bring in an example. So, um, there was a wedding recently, high-profile wedding, um, and it's a great case study for as an example of if you want to serve a high-end client. So. The father of the bride is actually suing the wedding planners um, to, you know, for about 150 something thousand um, dollars. When I looked at the, so I, I went to the, uh, I went and read the papers that had been filed in the court case. Now this guy's a billionaire, so he doesn't need the money. But when you look at the client type that he is, um, and let's let's start from the beginning. There are two families. So you've got the uh, the Beckhams, um, David Beckham and Victoria Beckham. Their son married his daughter. Now he obviously he foot a lot of the wedding because it was his daughter. Blah blah blah. The first red flag was when a, the previous wedding planner, when when he they parted ways with the family. That was a massive red flag. So with weeks to go, they had to hire another set of wedding planners. I believe those wedding planners probably said, yeah, we'll step in. We'll do an amazing job, blah, 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 blah. Massive red flag. When you go in like that, you go in, as you said, prepared. You go in, get your lawyer to draw up papers to say, if anything goes wrong, we will not be held liable or responsible. So upfront... With, when you're dealing with somebody like that, you've got to be very upfront because they've got an army of lawyers. So that was red flag number one. Red flag number two was the planners got too friendly with the family. So they were talking about taking tequila shots and stuff like that oh, no. in, in the WhatsApp group. You know, oh my God, that was such a hard day. I need a shot of tequila. You do you do not do nope. that. Don't, no, no. No, don't take the oh, bait. <laughs> don't, don't, and this is very crucial because sometimes the clients are so friendly. They start treating you like family because they can. But remember, you are there to serve. You are not family yet. 
until the job is over, until you deliver to their satisfaction, do not take that bait. So that was red flag number two. Then another red flag for me was um, the guest list. The Beckhams, they turned in their guest list in order, on time, everything was correct. Straight away, I knew the type of client that the Beckhams are. I could, I, I could tell straight away. And again, I go into a lot more detail later on in my book. This guy, on the other hand, he is a certain type. He's what I would call a mogul. When you are dealing with a mogul, everything is boardroom level. Even though it's his daughter's wedding, it's like a boardroom level. You, you know, so that's number one. Then a second thing about the family is that his daughter is a certain type and his wife is a certain type. So you've got three people in this relationship, in this wedding, and they are different luxury types. So as a planner, if you have to deal with all three um, different um, types, it's a different, so that was, you know, these were some of the learnings that I drew from that. So it just goes to show that once you know a person's type, when it, when it comes to buying luxury, you're able to handle them a lot easier because sometimes we say, oh my God, that client was difficult, but they were not difficult. They were just being true to type. Yeah. Uh, this has been a, a, fan, a, a fascinating conversation, Elizabeth. Um, your website is luxurybusinessemporium.com. Uh, you also are a podcaster. Your podcast is a luxury business podcast. So our friend that's listening to our conversation right now, just do a search for it in your podcast app and, and hit subscribe on luxury business podcast. Uh, and you have coaching programs. Um, you've got a mastermind. And again, those are all available at luxurybusinessemporium.com. Uh, Elizabeth, anything else or anything that we missed? No, not at all. I just wanted to say a massive thank you to you. I get your emails religiously. I really applaud what you're doing for the community, especially the podcast community. Yeah. Um, through your, you know, through your emails, I've been able to co uh, connect with other podcasters. Um, they've been guests for me. I've, I've guested for them. So, and I know sometimes people don't always come back to say thank you to you, but what you're doing is really resonating. And proof is I'm all, you know, all the way from London, I'm on your podcast. So thank you. So that's all I, I wanted to say. Yes. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. That's very kind of you. Uh, again, um, uh, uh, Elizabeth Solaru, and again, your website, luxurybusinessemporium.com. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me today. I've enjoyed myself. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. 
Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.